I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Hey, everybody. Here we are back again. It's your two dads. And the dads this time are me and a young gentleman named William Cottle. He's uh, coming with the the uh, the two barrels. He's a veteran and he's a dad. And he's going to talk to us about all manner of things. He's going to leave us wiser than we were when we got here tonight. And we do appreciate him coming on and sharing his wisdom. So once again, thank you, William. And uh, give us a little bit of uh, an introduction, so to speak. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I don't know about young, but we'll go with it. Um, the, the years have really set in, it seems like, but that's not the point. That's another, uh, therapy session. Um, anyway, I'm, uh, a little over 50. Uh, I've been, uh, married three times. I have two wonderful children, Hannah, uh, soon be 26 and Joshua 19, uh, married, uh, for the third time, uh, to Elaine. She is absolutely fantastic. Wish, uh, uh, could have had her the whole time, but it is what it is. Um, but I've uh, been working at an uh, automotive manufacturer in the state of South Carolina for getting on 27 years. I served four years in the Air Force, uh, two tours in uh, Desert Storm. Um, I joined, Actually, I joined the Air Force to get out of the South, and they put me in Mississippi. So, uh, you know, it just tells you how, you, how your luck goes sometimes. But uh, um, happy to be here. Right on, right on. I uh, have a couple of questions about a couple of different things you mentioned. It's funny that you're uh, from the South. It seems like as far as guests, we typically go and it's not like we're choosing these, but typically they come from the South or somewhere around Kansas City. Uh, we we had a bunch of people from all around the world early on, but here lately we've been really zeroing in just unintentionally around, uh, well, my home. I live in uh, Tennessee myself, so a uh, bit on the Southern side. So well, uh, the, the vast majority of the vast majority of people who actually enlist in the military are from the South. If you look at the demographics, they are mostly Southern. That makes sense. I'll, I'll never forget that song. Uh, blank. As soon as I said it, I started to blank on it. Copperhead road mm-hmm. where there's a line in that song where he says they draft white trash first round here anyway. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that's all over the South. So Absolutely. you can say that from anywhere. Been there, I've, done uh, that. Yeah. I've, I've talked to a couple guys that were kind of similar to my situation where, you know, they were from, they weren't all from the South, but a couple of them were, and and they really just joined up to kind of get away, you know, like they, they had bad situations economically or familial and they needed a way out. And the military was an escape. And for the most part, a pretty successful one. I've yet to actually talk to somebody that told me, man, I, I really regretted going in. I wish I hadn't done it. Like, I just, I just don't hear that by and large. Well, that, that was kind of the way it was for me. Uh, had a pretty rough childhood growing up. Uh, tried to, was just a mediocre student at best. Started working when I was 14 years old. Um, and just things didn't work out. I was going to uh, tech school and things just weren't working out. So I just said, well, let's just go check out the world. And like I said, I joined to see everything. On my dream sheet in uh, the Air Force, I put everywhere. I mean, I even put uh, North Dakota on my dream sheet. And they put me in Mississippi. And when I got my orders, uh, my, my TI, I looked at them and I said, Columbus AFB, MS, what is, what is that? And I was thinking Columbus, Ohio. So I'm like, cool, that's somewhere different. And uh, he said, he said, boy, you going to Mississippi. <laughs> and, uh, 
yeah, that was an experience. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that kind of sounds similar to my situation. When they asked me where I wanted to go, I was like, just as far away as possible. I was like, mm-hmm. Germany, uh, Japan, yep. South Korea, and they sent me to Hawaii. <laughs> and oh. I mean, it turned out great for me, but that certainly wasn't like that was never on my mind. I was never like, oh, yeah, Oahu, that's where I want to go. That I, that still wasn't far enough away. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, that's how it goes. You're, you're just to confirm your children, they were born after your deployments, correct? Correct. We'll, we'll skip into one of my one of my big questions, I guess, for the, the veteran dads, and that is. How would you say that the Air Force changed you or molded you such that you were a better father after that than you would have been? Well, the growing up dirt poor on the Mill Hill in uh, Winston, South Carolina, um, you know, you talk about white trash or trailer trash. Or, I mean, we actually, when we got a trailer, we were moving up in the world. So, you know, that's just the way it was. Um, but I always had a work ethic because I always knew I didn't want to do that anymore i didn't want to stay i didn't want to i started working at cotton mill um that was my second job and i realized i didn't want to do that so i started working and i worked and worked and and then like i said once i got in the air force you know that work ethic they just really just more or less fine-tuned it i guess uh because you have to get up and you have to go to work and there is no choice (laughs) you You have to do these things yeah yeah you have to there's no i mean one time uh you know in the air force we have a lot of uh we have intramural sports and uh, I hurt my ankle real bad. It was real bad, high ankle sprain. I couldn't walk, couldn't even put any pressure on it. They wrapped it up, gave me some 800 milligram ibuprofen and said, eh, good work. You know, and, you know, it just, from that point forward, I've, I've always just, just got it, went to work. Um, but what that, I think what that really has helped me is helped me especially be able to support my children and, you know, pay for what I needed to pay you know, child support and everything else that goes along with all that eventually later on down the road. Uh, it just keep, kept me focused on what I need to do to get everything done. Right. That, I could see that being a big deal. Uh, I, I didn't have the work ethic that I did after the army. So I could see that that being, you know, a, a big factor for other people as well. It, I mean, like you said, you really can't, like you have no options. I mean, mm-hmm. like I have a buddy, <laughs> a sometime co-host, and he said that he would miss uh formation. Like, all the time because he just was late to everything. And I I just couldn't understand that. Like I had a fear of being late to formation. So it's just something that they, I mean, they don't beat it into you, but like, you know, metaphorically, they certainly do. Uh, there, oh, yeah, there's, yeah. there's a thing about being on time that I will never be able to let go of. Mm-hmm. So you, you mentioned your rough upbringing and that, that immediately made me wonder, what your situation was in terms of your dad was, did you have a, you know, regardless of, of, you know, his life and, and the person he was, did you have a good relationship with him? Was he a good father in, in general? Absolutely zero relationship. Uh, my mother was the other woman, if you want to put it that way. And uh, he had no, nothing to do with either me or my brother. Oh, uh, okay. And and a so, stepdad never, never came into the picture. Well, there was, there was one, uh, but very abusive an alcoholic, uh, abused her and abused my mom and me and my brother as well. Damn. So it's pretty, it's pretty rough. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. It's pretty rough. That, but um, what that did, that did solidify my desire to be the dude, the best I could as a, as a father, because the, you know, I, I feel there's some people that they get abused and, you know, and they, they make a, they make a choice kind of like I did that 
I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to act this way toward my children. I'm never going to act this way toward my spouse. And I think there's other people that something in them snaps that they just can't help it. Well, you know, the, the, the ones that do do the, the next generation of abusers. And, but for me and, you know, for me and my brother, both, we just made a decision that we're going to do the best we can versus going the other route. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's, it's really one of, one of two ways, either you become the abuser or you make that effort to stop the generational curse and, and to become and it's tough. Know, a better person. Yeah, it's not easy. And I, I would imagine that like, I, I I speak from a little bit of experience, but I've not analyzed this such that I can kind of like go too deeply into it. But I would imagine that for some people, that's a, a battle that goes on long into your life, which kind of leads me into my next question. My dad was, he was there, uh, you know, my, my parents were divorced, so he didn't live with us until I uh, left my mother and moved in. Well, long story short, I, saw more of him. I was in his custody from about 13, 14 on. Mm -hmm. And so he was there, but he was never really like there. He didn't teach me how to drive. He didn't teach me how to throw a baseball. Uh, He didn't teach me how to fight. You know, there's so many things that now that I am a father that I realize I've had to teach myself. And it wasn't like this was a process I realized was happening at the time, but it, it definitely, definitely did happen. And I was wondering in your situation with much less than I had, how did you fill that gap? How did you gain that knowledge that a father typically would have given you? Well, I mean, it's, it's difficult. My, my mother's husband that abused us, he really liked fishing and my son loves fishing and I have a very, very hard time with fishing and it's nothing against fishing. It's nothing. It's not necessarily that I don't like it, but it, every time that I go, even, it, even to this day, I'm you know over 50 years old and this happened in my, you know, 10, you know, eight to, you know, 10 year range. Even to this day, every, when I go fishing, I get these chills in the spine and, you know, I just feel it that of the, it just kind of brings me back to being with him and his abuse, you know, and that's, and it's very difficult. And, and obviously my son, no way in the world he can understand that. And, and it's hard, you know, for me to get him to even comprehend what I'm trying to tell him, you know, so most times I just don't try to tell him. Because, you know, I, I take him fishing or something and or every now and again. And uh, luckily now he's moved on to golf, so we can kind of get away from fishing a little bit, I hope. But, um, you know, it, those things are a challenge. I mean, even to this day, it's, 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 it's a challenge. That sounds really, really hard. I read that what you're experiencing there is basically PTSD, uh, you know, you, like from, you know, not combat at all, but just your mm-hmm. life in general. And it makes perfect sense that you would still be suffering from that sort of thing because that leaves, you know, its impact on you Uh, in terms of we'll just jump on into here to your to your son. So he he really latched on to and this is like I said, this isn't necessarily in the order. We may even come back to this, but he he latched on to fishing. And that made me think of, of what I might be sharing with my son one day. So, and obviously you are not a fisher uh, or a fisherman. What uh, did you try to uh, share with him? What kind of activities, you know, did you kind of, um, you know, uh, partake with him? If not to kind of sway him in that position, at least to, to use, to uh, get closer to him. Well, me and me and my son have had a, after me and his mother uh, had our divorce, uh, mine and his relationship has been a, 
lot stronger, I guess you would say, than my daughter because, you know, obviously mom and you know, daughter, it is what it is. Um, so mine and his relationship's always been probably a little bit stronger. Um, but he, he, at first, especially when he was younger, he gravitated towards sports. I really liked sports growing up. I didn't get to play too much because we were, you know, didn't have the money, but I've always been, you know, a big sports fan. So him playing soccer and playing, uh, baseball, you know, all that. And then eventually bowling. I mean, one year, I think he was under the under 14 age and he finished 12th in the state in bowling. I mean, he, he did, he did some stuff. And then, uh, like a lot of children, you know, they eventually changed their, what they want to do and they start doing different hobbies and you know he got into you know video games he'd been doing some competitive i bought him one of those cages that you can race i car racing or whatever he he's doing that for a while and uh he's been designing some cars and working on the side designing cars for these i car races and uh you know now his, his latest endeavor is golf so you know we've been trying to i've been trying to make some time working nights and you know, trying to meet him and you know now that he's older he can actually drive and meet me which is very nice and then we'll go play around to golf together just spend some time together that's been very good very very that's awesome fulfilling it's cool that you guys are able to connect like that in in multiple ways it's also really encouraging to hear that he is like he has so many different hobbies that could all virtually be its own career one day mm-hmm. it is you know the I get different viewpoints from different parents that come on here. Some of them are completely like against all screen time and, and uh, phones and what have you. And then I get other parents that are, that really kind of try to encourage their children to, to follow whatever, even if it is video games or, or something of that nature. And I think like here lately, my, my opinion will certainly change when my son gets older, but here lately, I'm, I'm more of the opinion that you kind of got to let them, you know, pick whatever. And it may be something that like, like for you, it may be like, Oh God, no, not fishing. No, please. No, not fishing. <laughs> but at the same time, like if that's what they want, then you have to kind of, you have to try to do what you can to support that and to mm-hmm. meet them there. And I, I've learned, uh, though I have yet to put this in practice that the best way to, to keep a relationship with your children and to, and to grow that relationship is to encourage those activities and then to partake in them, regardless of whether you like them or not. I mean, you know, for you, you, you succeeded in the fisher, uh, the fishing thing up until the time that he actually worked his way out of it. So that was like a success all the way around for you. Um, but that, that, uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm like this when I'm on my own, that actually led me to a different, uh, different thought process and, and a different, uh, topic and a different subject, well, not necessarily a different topic, but a different question. And that is in terms of you know, those, those hard times when you were, for example, going fishing with your son or, uh, dealing with things, uh, from your youth that, you know, that we simply haven't covered here. What do you do in life to kind of, uh, retain your mental toughness? Because I have, uh, personally, I've had a bit of a a rough year. A couple of close uh, family members have died. And so I'm asking uh, all these dads that I, that I contact and, and talk to, uh, virtually the same question because I'm wondering, do, do I personally have mental toughness? If I don't, how can I get it? And so that, that leads to, you know, the same question again and again, and I'm wondering you've had a hard life and uh, I would think that mental health would be something very important to you as a result of that. So with that being said, how do you kind of keep an even keel when, you know, 
maybe you get really depressed or things, you know, just get really hard for you. Well, uh, I, I think a lot of it has to do with how I'm wired. I'm very positive. Um, sometimes that can annoy a lot of folks <laughs> when, when you are positive, but with, with that being said, uh, you know, this year I've been really, you know, just now starting the year, obviously, but one of the things I'm working on this year, I decided I want to work on myself. I want to lose some weight. I want to, you know, I want to, that, like you talking about that mental toughness, I want to, I want to work more on that. But for me, how I deal with things, um, unfortunately I internalize things a lot and that's tough. Um, and that can lead to stress and other things like that. But what I try to do as best I can is I always try to look forward. I always say, okay, okay, this happened bad today. This, what if for whatever reason this happened, but what can I do next to avoid it? Or what can I do next to keep going down this road? And if, if I can keep moving forward, then I can get past those issues. And that's kind of how I've approached life. Um, even, even as a child going through the stuff, I knew, uh, you know, my thing was, you know, I, I want to be a dad so I can not be like this guy. You know, I want to, I want to be, I want to be better than this guy. You know, and everything that I've done, I've always said, okay, what this is, how good this person does it. You know, I want to be better than that. I want to try to do better. Now, I've, I've failed miserably <laughs> after after fifty years. I've I've failed a lot over over the course of a lifetime. But what I'm trying to do now, uh, especially as a supervisor uh, at where I work, and I have a lot of I call them kids. <laughs> I like working nights because I get to work with the kids. You know, a lot of these guys are in their twenties and thirties. And they're going through issues and, you know, I've, I've had associates come to me and say, Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about killing myself. I've had associates come to me. I'm going through a divorce or right? I'm, I'm about to leave my wife or all these different things. And because of my life experiences and the things that I've been through, I've been able to sit down and talk to these guys and, and, and some girls and say, Hey, this is what happened to me. I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you what happened. And this is the result. And hopefully this can help them make better decisions. And so, you know, I've had some had some good results, especially with the, the the young man that talked to me about suicide. He was he was struggling, and me and him just we would just butt heads. Could not get along, and he wouldn't. You know, I couldn't get him on the same page with the rest of the team. And he told me that, and we got him. You know, at work we have some assistance that they can go to, and he got some counseling sessions. And he come back and he, cause he didn't want to, cause he's a, you know, he was an army guy. He's a man's man. You know, I don't talk to nobody. Well, he went to talk to him and, you know, and it, and it helped. And he, he come back to me and, and I kind of joke around with guys, you know, just put my arm around him, you know, give him a hug, you know, give him the, you know, the, the bro hug or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, he, he come up to me and just give me a big old bear hug and he just thanked me. And he told me, he said, what can I do? I said, I said, somewhere in the next three months, you're going to come across somebody in the same situation. I want you to do the same for them. Sure as the world, within three months, the, the assembly line was down. He said, you know, he sees this guy just sitting there talking. And as he walks up to him, he's or talking to himself. And he looks and he, he sees a puddle where the guy's crying. And he sits down beside him and he says, hey, what's going on? And the guy told him, he said, I'm going to go home and kill myself. And he, he started talking to him. And then he convinced him to go get therapy. And he actually went with it on his first, you know, visit. And then that guy, you know, he got better, you know, and it just, he just, and he come, he come up to me and he just was so excited because he got to help somebody. And he told that same guy the same thing that I told him. You know, it's one of those kind of pay it forward things. And if you can do that, it makes everything else worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you virtually saved two lives just with what you did. I mean, well, you, I, I, I think I think a lot of times people just don't have the tool. They just don't know they have the tools. You know, a lot of places where they work, they have tools that help people. And they just don't even know they're there. Or, or well, I'm an Army guy. I'm an Air Force guy. I'm a Marine. I'm too tough for this. I, I just got to deal with it. And sometimes we just can't deal with it. And sometimes we just need to talk to someone 
whether it's a supervisor or a friend or, or, you know, a therapist or whatever it is, we just talk it out. A lot of times it will help. Yeah, for sure. It's not a matter of strength sometimes. I mean, the human psyche can only take so much and then Mm -hmm. it becomes a matter of being strong enough to ask for help. I've been, I've been in some tough times before. And I mean, I, I had to work it out myself. You know, there was no one there that, you know, put their arm around me and said, you know, here's what you need to do, or here's where you need to go. It it was all on me. And um, so it would have been, it would have been really cool to have had somebody uh, not to say that I ended up any worse or better than I would have anyways, but it would have been nice to have had that uh, in your situation, basically another father figure, you know, kind of like lead you uh, out of the tunnel and and into the light. And um, I kind of got carried away. Uh, I had an interview yesterday and it, before I knew it, we were an hour in before I got like to where he could promote anything. And I don't want to skip out on the Air Force questions that I had. So we're going to kind of shift gears here and move on into the sure. military side of things. And none of these are necessarily super uh, serious or anything like that. So uh, don't worry about that. But I do want to start off with in terms of uh, being uh, going back to the Air Force and, and the time you spent, we all tend to miss, uh, you know, one or more things. And some of us, uh, it seems, tend to miss the exact same thing. But I continue to ask, uh, you know, the veterans that I that I come in contact with, what is it that you miss about being back in the military? Well, you know, I know you, I've, I'm sure you've heard it and I've talked to other former vets, you know, obviously the camaraderie and, and stuff like that, that you, you know, for me, you know, growing up in, you know, in South Carolina, you know, I hadn't seen much. We were poor, didn't go any places. I mean, for us going out to eat when I was a kid was with my grandma going along with John Silver's and that was fancy eating, you know? Um, but, you know, seeing different things and going different places and meeting different people, I'd never met, you know, not to, you know, char- characterize a person, but I'd never met a Yankee <laughs> before. And, and I go, I go to my base in Mississippi and one of the first guys I meet is from Boston and mm-hmm. hearing that accent was completely just mind altering. You know, I mean, I couldn't understand why he wanted to go get a pie. I was like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> get some pizza, you know, but, you know, just just those things like that, those are new experiences and, and meeting people, you know, and growing up in the South, you know, for, you know, for in the 70s was a different time than it is in the, you know, the, the 2020s. You know, a lot of people were still had a lot of animosity toward African-Americans and, and, and Mississippi was the same. But when you get on that base and, and you get around people and, and you get to know people and you realize they're, they're just people, you know, it don't matter. It don't matter what the color is. It don't matter what they wear. At the end of the day, 90, 95% of the people in the world just want to do their job and go home and, and have a quiet life. You know, it's only the 5% or less that, you know, act a fool or become politicians or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, the, you know, meeting the people, meeting new people, uh, for me, you know, if I had stayed where I, if I never went in the Air Force, I'd probably have been in the cotton mills till they closed down. You know, I, maybe I would have got a job, you know, one of the suppliers for the automotive manufacturer I work at now, or maybe even got a job there eventually anyway. I don't know, but I wouldn't take away from, I wouldn't want to miss out on meeting those people and, and seeing those different things. And I mean, even traveling to Saudi Arabia, I mean, that, you know, obviously that was earth shattering to, to see that kind of, to see see a completely different lifestyle than anything that I've ever seen before. You know, that that's the things that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade for anything. That's the things I really miss. I definitely understand that. It, it was somewhat similar for me coming from East Tennessee. 
I remember right when I got to basic training, I like just like the bus at school, I went straight to the back of the barracks and found a bed. And like it seemed like I turned around and every other black guy on the bus like surrounded me. And I was like, I've never been around this many black people before. What is it like? Are they going to like be mean to me? And they were just like super cool. It was like there was no it was like there was Mm -hmm. no color. And it like right after that, I met like and this is I don't know. I feel like weird saying this for some reason, but I met my first Jew. I had never met a Jewish person until the army. So, I mean, you know, in the South, like you said, we are just it's it's a bit of a different place. It was so, especially, especially back way back in the seventies. Now, <laughs> as old as I am, you know, I, I yeah. like you said, a Jew. I mean, I, I, I met my first Jew at my at my base. I met my first Muslim. I met my first Catholic. I mean, all those things are completely different than anything that I ever grew up with. And and just just to compare notes, if you say if you want to say that, or, or just talk about things, you know, and it it was just it was just eye opening that there's more people in the world than just you. And I, and you know, or the people that you know, you know, it's, it's a big old place. So there's all kind of people. And like I said, 90, 95% of people just want to do a job and go home. You know, they, they're good people in Saudi Arabia and in Kuwait or anywhere else. They're, they're just people just want to do their thing and be in, live in peace. For sure. Yeah. I wish, like, I don't, I don't wish there was a draft, but I wish there was some way that Americans were like forced to be exposed to that kind of thing more often. Mm-hmm. Because so often we're just insular to wherever we're from and anything different from that is bad. And that's, you know, that, that creates all kinds of problems and it's, it's not going to get better until it get well, it's not going to get better until it gets worse. And hopefully it gets better after that. But I don't know. Well, you're not going to know how to work with people until you have, have to work with people. You're not going to know how to deal with other people until you have to deal with other people. And if you stay, you know, if you just stay in, you know, pales or South Carolina and you never go anywhere, then you're never going to do anything other than deal with that. But if you go to, you know, Alcars, Saudi Arabia, or you go to Munich, Germany, or you go anywhere else, you're going to see things that expand who you are and you can understand things better. And maybe, you know, when you watch that newscast or you, you see that report, you go, well, you know, that's probably not what those people thought because I've actually talked to those people and I understand what they want, you know? So, you know, it's, 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 it's different. Yeah, that that must be. I personally don't have that kind of insight, but it must be nice to, you know, like you just said, watch something on TV. Well, also nice, but also frustrating, and and have them pushing an agenda or a message that you're just like, no, no, I've I've talked to those people, and that is not their message. Like it yes. would be both like it would it would be both like I, I'm cool, like I'm on the inside, but at the same time, like why are you lying? Stop lying. Well, it, it make it makes it where you really can't watch. TV. <laughs> you just can't watch the news. I mean, either side of the of the coin, if you want to put it that way. For me, I can't. You know, I, I, I don't. I can't watch the liberal or the the conservative side because at the end of the day, they both have got an agenda, and I just, you know, I just, I just want to be left alone to do my thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's that's more and more the way I am too. Like, don't even tell me like what you support. Like, I just want to, you know, like because I don't care. Like, it it just doesn't matter. Yeah, to exactly. Me. And, you know, I, I just want to take you as you are. Just take me as I am. And let's just not even talk about it, man. Like, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I've got a buddy who has a, a podcast. It's basically like a news podcast. But he is like he pushes to be straight up the middle. That, that's actually the name of it is up the middle. And he's he's pretty easy to talk to. But even even him, like there are times where he, he will show his bias. Mm-hmm. And like it's I mean, I can't like I can't argue with his bias because the people 
that he is arguing about, like, you know, I will argue about sometimes too. But with that being said, even still, it's like, like, I don't want to hear it. I, like, I don't need that negativity. Like, I'm like, just like you, I, I'm, I'm getting more and more to where I won't even watch the news. Like, I don't even look at it on my phone anymore because it's always just so negative because that's what sells. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if they're Unfortunately. like, yeah, if they're like, oh, uh, little Jimmy got the life-saving operation he needed today, then not as many people are going to read that as, oh, uh, Epstein stole the money from little Jimmy and made sure he died or some, some crazy, you know, I, I don't know, trying to think of the craziest thing I can think of, but like, that's like, it's the negativity that, that, that pushes the views and it's, it's just not anything I need anymore. Uh, I've got enough like anxiety and stress to deal with just just because of who I am and how I am and the way my brain works. Well, one so, of the things, kind of coming back to mental health real quick. One of the things I on Reddit is I look at a, a subreddit called made me smile. And it's just this nice little, you know, kids opening a presents or something happened that made some kid happy or something or an adult or whatever it is, but just, just something like that. Instead of looking at all the negative, I purposely at least once or twice a day, I'll go to Reddit and I'll open up just that subreddit just to look at those just to have something positive in front of me. It's cool to hear you promote Reddit. That's actually, there's a couple of subreddits that are good for things like that. You know, be it like cute little puppies or or what have you. Like Reddit is a, Reddit is a, is black and white, you know, it could be really, really bad or like (laughs) really, really, you know, uplifting. Yeah. Uh, I have, uh, I have dipped my toe in there and then I dove head first and, and now I'm kind of backed out and, uh, use it mostly just for it'd, it'd be surprising. I don't know what listener is going to learn something here, but you'd be surprised to find how many, how many times you go to Google and ask a question and it will lead you to Reddit. And mm-hmm. that answer will be like most oftentimes correct. And I, I don't know why Reddit has a, you know, a good reputation for that sort of thing, but I keep it around for that if nothing else, because it's, it's easier to just, you know, pull up the app and, and see the answer as opposed to try to hit the desktop. So uh, with that kind of, um, well, I'm not going to say like darkness or, or seriousness, but w- with that, you know, uh, more uptight stuff out the way, we're going to get into a little bit of fun here. And right. I, I do this, uh, I did this with at least one uh, guest that was in the Air Force. And I told myself I was going to do it again and again. And of course, I forgot until now. But uh, in terms of the serious Air Force questions that I'm sure you were faced with when you were in, based on when you were in, I'd need to know these two things. First and foremost, Iron Eagle or Top Gun? Gosh, I hate to say Navy, but it is Top Gun. I mean, <laughs> you just, it's just hard to be Maverick. It, it just, it, you just can't. I mean, even when the second, the second, the, the last one that just come out, I mean, that was just a very good movie. You know, and I mean, it was, wasn't it? There, like there was a part in the beginning and I've told people this and, and this isn't me, but I've told people this. I was like, if you want to see a good movie, watch this. I was literally crying in that first series of scenes. It was so good. Like oh, just yeah. so yeah. uplifting and patriotic. And I just like could, I ate it up with a spoon. It was so great. You know, I hated but, it took so long in between uh, episodes of the movie, but when they did it, he did it right. I mean, and you know, you realize too that movie was supposed to come out right at the very first of the pandemic, and he refused to let it go because he wanted people in theaters because he knew that that's where it needed to be saw at. That's what Tom Cruise did. So he he purposely pushed it back and back and back and back until the theaters reopened real good, so that way everybody could see it in the theater. Yeah, I mean, you hear lots of 
uh, stories about Tom Cruise being crazy or whatever, but that man's a freaking genius. Like oh, yeah. as far as movies are concerned, like I was just listening to a podcast yesterday where it was talking about how uh, way back when, when the outsiders movie came out, they expected like Ralph Macchio or, you know, one of those other guys to be the the runaway star. No one mm-hmm. was like, Oh, that funny looking dude with the messed up teeth. Like he's not going to be the star, but mm-hmm. like, sure enough, like he took off after that. It's mm-hmm. it, and and I know that, like I said, you know, some people don't like him, but I, like he is one of the few people that I'm I'm easily able to separate the man from the art. And no matter how goofy he's he is on Oprah or whatever, I'm still going to be able to tune into Cocktail or Top Gun or whatever oh, yeah. and, and love it just as much as I always did. And I, it and it's also uh, I, I don't know if I'd say funny, but it's. It, it's interesting that you also uh, went for, for Top Gun because the last Air Force guy, his dad was actually uh, Air Force and he still chose Top Gun. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, the Iron Eagle thing where you can, you know, join the Air Force and save your dad. And he still went with uh, with Tom Cruise. So this it follows then uh, appropriately since you chose Top Gun. We go to the next, maybe even more important question. And this one actually... This one actually, uh, the last time I uh, posted this on YouTube, it actually got a bit of a, for for me, it got a bit of an uproar, a bit of an argument going. And I'm wondering, Maverick or Iceman? Well, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, in the original movie, Iceman was, he was just cold and calculated. Uh, I mean, you still got to go Maverick because he gets the girl. I mean, at the end of the day, he, he gets the girl. He's the cool guy, I guess. But, I, but the first Iceman was tough in the first movie, but I still had to go with Maverick. I actually, I, I I picked Maverick for the same reason you did because he gets the girl. My uh, my previous Air Force buddy, he went with Maverick, and I mean, I'm sorry, Iceman, and I couldn't I couldn't fault that because being a grown man now, looking back, like Iceman is just badass. Like he's just oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, it was it was funny though. I, as I mentioned back on on YouTube, there was one guy that wrote like. I won't call it a thesis because I actually did, you know, appreciate him putting thought into it, but it was like a couple of paragraphs about how it was actually Iceman that got goose killed and how Mm -hmm. you can't, uh, you couldn't possibly pick Iceman because that disqualifies him. And so the only choice uh, is Maverick. And I was like, you know, whether I agree with you or not, like I really do appreciate you putting this much thought into the question, you know, just like this clip you saw on YouTube. And he, he didn't reply back or anything, but I thought that was really cool that someone was that invested in it, that they gave that kind of answer. Uh, that is actually the end of the uh, silly questions. And Well, I guess uh, this next one is kind of silly. And this is one that I will ask from time to time. It's really just any of these questions are virtually hit or miss because I sometimes don't think to, to ask them. But this will uh, kind of transition us into the second part of the podcast. So with this last one, I've tried to come up with a couple questions for my guests that they may have not heard before. You know, some of these people have done a lot of uh, interviews. I actually did a, an interview not long ago with an author who's also a press secretary for some politician. He didn't actually wow. name it, uh, whoever it was, and I didn't feel the need to ask. But that's a man that, you know, ha- has done a few interviews. And so uh, I, I took it as a you know compliment that I had uh thought of a couple that he had never heard before. And I, I can't recall if this was one of them, but it is one that sticks out to me just because it, it's kind of a inverted from what you normally hear. So I, and I keep looking because it's, I'm going to forget it if I don't, but so, so typically someone, someone will ask you 
in a movie of yourself, who would you, uh, who would play you? But what I want to know is in a movie of yourself, who do you play? That's not yourself. Wow. So like you t- you're talking about like friends or, or you could, you could be your friend. Like the, the last person I asked this to said that he wanted to play his son in the movie uh, so that his son would get to see him act as him. Well, that'd be, that'd be a challenge. Um, God, I, I, I don't know. I'd, I mean, that's, that's almost, that's thought provoking. I mean, <laughs> cause you have to sit there and think about your entire life. I mean, if I yeah, there's so myself, many different reasons that you could pick that person too. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, unfortunately, as you get older, you don't have as many friends as you used to have a, you know, I've got obviously a lot of work colleagues, but I don't know. I, I would probably have to, I would probably have to play my son. I guess I would probably be the, you know, the, the closest person to me that I could, I could pull off acting like him, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't really take into account any sort of age discrepancy. It just virtually, uh, you just fit the bill for whoever mm-hmm. you want to play. Um, I, and I haven't asked that one that many times. Uh, I'm always interested to hear who, you know, who they pick. Just like you, I'm at that age where, <laughs> like, I have friends, I guess, but like, you know, I start, I'm certainly not making more. <laughs> and uh, and the ones I do have, like, yeah, I'm careful about what I ask them for. But, you know, I, I don't want to be like, hey, can you help me with too many things? Because like, I, I really don't want to lose what I do have. So I'm probably like, I'm probably a really good friend because like, I don't ever ask you for anything. And then if you ask me for something, I'm quick to help because I don't want to lose another friend. I, um, I don't know if this is necessarily the reason I'm still friendless and not that I'm friendless, but when I, when I was in the army, I had, you know, just like you, I'm sure with the air force, tons of friends. And it's almost like, like you just are, I don't know it's like a superpower where anyone you meet is like cool and you can make friends with anybody when you're in the military. So, uh, you know, I had like a dozen friends and then I got out and they deployed to Afghanistan and we lost all contact. And when they came back, they got back on whatever social media and I, you know, I found them and tried to reconnect and to a T, uh, you know, it was a fail. Every one of them that, that they had just, you know, and, and I, this is, this is maybe a um, topic for another, for another day, but I don't know if, if I had changed or if they had changed, but they simply just had no, it seemed though this wasn't said, they simply had no desire to continue, you know, any kind of relationship with me. And I've kind of, um, that, that kind of like stuck with me when I, when I will talk to veterans that have you know actually gone on real deployments, I deployed to Bosnia, but I don't consider that to be a, you know, a big deal. Uh, compared to you know Afghanistan, Iraq, that sort of thing, Saudi Arabia. Um, so, so I've always had a bit of a chip on my shoulder when it comes to talking to vets that have done you know one or multiple deployments. But that uh, that kind of like that was my I guess my um, my big chance to continue you know having friends into adulthood, and uh, deployment kind of uh, got in the way of that. And I'm sure that nowadays I'm more, you know, psychologically put together as such that I could carry on a friendship long term, uh, long distance. But at the time, yeah, just uh, it was just like duck hunt. Uh, it's like, oh, there goes a friend. There goes a friend. There goes a friend. And then um, I moved back home and uh, like I had one real good friend that the, I guess basically the same thing had happened. 
I'd been gone too long and he didn't want to be friends anymore. And then my other good friend turned, and this is just insane. And I don't even know why I'm getting on this topic, but I had another friend that turned into a child molester. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm done making friends, man. I'm just like, I've got, a, I've got a wife now. She's awesome. She's my friend. I've got yeah, a son. Yeah. He, he can be my friend one day. Yeah. It, it, um, oh, it, well, life gets in the way. It does. It really does. Friendship. It does. We, uh, you know, like I said, I do have, I do have quote unquote friends, but like, they just have so much to do. You know, it's just really hard to get together when you're this age, you throw in kids, you throw in jobs and church and everything. And it's just, it's almost insurmountable sometimes mm-hmm. to, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the most you can hope for to just text back and forth every, every couple of days. Um, that, uh, that does bring us here to what I will call the second half, even though it will, probably won't be half in terms of length, but that is where we get to, you know, for at least some guests, the reason you're on, and that's to promote what you have in your life, be it a podcast and your, and, uh, your uh, personal situation or books, which also you have going on whatever the case may be. And I know we haven't touched on really any of it. So I just wanted to give you this time to uh, share whatever you might want to share with, with my listeners. Uh, few though, they may be about, uh, you know, if you give a good spiel, you might get 50 to, uh, you know, pick up whatever you're selling, but uh, just, you know, give us what you got and, uh, and give us your elevator pitch. Well, uh, one of the things uh, about being a veteran, you know, you get kind of put in places that you don't really want to go. You don't really want to do. You don't, you know, you, you have to go and it kind of gets you out of your comfort zone. And for me, you know, my comfort zone is getting up, going to work, you know, hanging out with my wife, hanging out with my kids when I can and, and never put myself out there like that. So I, last year I wanted to start a podcast and I started a, a podcast called what's the deal wheel have um, only a few podcasts up. Unfortunately, my mom passed away and, and did with probate and kind of, you know, some work issues kind of got in the way of it. So I kind of, kind of put it on the back burner, but I, I'm hoping to, to get that started up uh, again soon. I kind of want to change the format first. It was just about format about, you know, tech deals, about finding, you know, good prices on things and, you know, helping people save a little bit of money. I'm going to get more into the opinion side of it, you know, talk, you know, kind of reviewing stuff because unfortunately, I guess you'd say technology or geeky stuff is my Achilles heel. I can, I mean, I could spend a freaking fortune in Best Buy. If you just give me a credit card with unlimited, man, I'd go freaking nuts uh, or Amazon. I mean, Amazon's my new weakness. I mean, it's just so easy just to hit a button and boom, it's at your house two days later. I mean, oh, it's yeah. so awesome. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, you know, so hopefully I can get that rebooted uh, hopefully next week or two. I got some really good ideas I want to start working on. Um, I also wrote a couple books um, with the assistance of, you know, a little bit of computer help, but uh, on the smart home, uh, excuse me, that's good. I'm old. I had to get my glasses. Um, so I can read you the titles, but if you, if you go to Amazon, you can, uh, you can search my name, William Caudle, C-A-U-D-L-E, uh, have three books on there. The smart home starter kit. It's just a little, uh, ebook. You can get it also in paperback about, you know, how to start a, uh, a smart home. Uh, my second book was the uh, smart home ecosystems because you have, um, you know, basically you have main, mainly three main systems. You have Google or you have uh, Apple home kit, or well, for uh, Amazon Alexa, uh, and if you want Jeff Bezos here and everything you can do, go with that. Um, or you can uh, uh, go independent and kind of do a hodgepodge, you know, kind of put all kind of different things together. Uh, and then the last book I wrote was uh, The Matter Standard, The Future of Smart Home. They're going to be 
introducing this matter standard where they are in the process of introducing this matter standard where everything will work together. So before, if you had, if you were like doing Amazon, the stuff that came off of Apple was very expensive because of course, Apple, anything with Apple on it, you can pay more money for it. Um, but uh, now with the matter standard, everything will work with everything. So that, that leads more people with the ability to give them to buy anything that want to buy it. It all works together. Uh, my next book that I'm working on right now, um, hopefully I get it out within, I'm hoping to get it out by the end of the month is a uh, smart home for seniors, uh, kind of a, a guide to helping, uh, I guess now that I'm getting more toward that senior level, <laughs> but helping seniors regain or gain some independence by smart home. I mean, people, you know, if, if that your parents want to stay in their house, but you're kind of worried about them, I mean, you can install cameras that you have access to, that you could see them, you know, and if they fall, you can, you'll know, you can have sensors in the house that you can see exactly where they are in the house. If you don't have the camera, on. I mean, there's, there's different things that you can do to give them that independence for a longer term that you don't have, they don't take away from their personhood and, they, you just don't throw them in a home or you got to put them in your basement to take care of them. They can still live independent and then, but you could still be able to, to assist them. Uh, you know, there's different things that smart home, you know, technology now can open up to help seniors. And, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to, to, to formulate that right now. And, and hopefully I'll get that out by the end of the month. Um, you know, one of the things I, I'm, one of my new year's resolutions this year is too, is I want to, I want to do an app. I want to make an app for the phone you know, for the iPhone. And I, uh, I, I have no time frame on that, but you know, just, I, I just want things I want to do, you know, why not? I mean, I mean, put it up there for that store for selling you for 99 cents for, I, I'm wanting to do like a golf scorecard. You know, if it sells great, if you don't, who cares? I got an app. I mean, how cool is that? You know? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the, the kind of the things that I've been working on. Uh, I just helped my, for my daughters in a uh, uh, computer school, or I guess just forensic, uh, whatever. I'm sorry, Hannah, I forgot the name of it, but um, uh, computer, like it's something about forensics for computer security or cybersecurity. And uh, she needed a computer. So I, we, uh, for Christmas, you know, I bought her all the parts. I mean, uh, her and, and her brother, my, my son, Joshua, we would well, mostly Joshua, but he put this computer together for it. And I thought that was neat. So I was like, man, I want to put a computer together now. I want to buy all the parts and I want to do it myself. Um, you know, right now I'm just dealing with all the, the Apple stuff. Like I got a Mac mini too. And, you know, iPads and all that good stuff. But, you know, I want to, I want to build that computer just cause, just cause I want to, you know, and you know, this, that's kind of, kind of what I'm, what I'm into. Um, I'm hoping, like I said, I want the, the podcast, you know, after listening to several episodes of your podcast and I've, I've there's several, cause uh, I'll listen to now. I don't even really listen to music anymore at all, but I mean, there's just so many things out there that can help people, you know, even if it's just, man, I could save 20 bucks on that or, you know, God, that veteran went through the same thing I went through or, or, or you know, man, that, that dad had that same issue. There's so many things out there that, that can help people now. If people just, if just, they'll just pay attention. And, uh, I just want to be part of that of helping somebody. And if, you know, if I can help, help a senior stay in their home a little bit longer because they read a book and they said, here, junior, fix my home for me, you know, and, and give them that blueprint that they could, able to stay at home. I mean, that, that's kind of cool. And I, I'd like to be part of that. So that's, that's, that's kind of what I got going on right now. Um, you know, obviously I've been at my employer now for 27 years. I'm, I'll be there till I die. Hopefully if I, 
if I die there, they'll drag me off site and, and pronounce me dead there. I don't want to die there, but you know, uh, I, I work for a great company. They've been very good to me and my family. I can't, I can't complain at all. Uh, you know, in, in manufacturing, you have, um, you know, some people have great experiences. Some people have bad experiences. It's not for everybody. Just like military. You know, when I went in the military, I, I went in there to this, this do 20 years and get a, get a retirement check, you know, and ended up staying out, you know, getting out after four because, you know, my, my, my first wife, she couldn't handle it. She didn't want to be there anymore. She wanted to go back home to South Carolina, you know, and, you know, those, those things, you know, they add up and, you know, I, I just very, feel very blessed to be where I'm at and being at, having the ability to do what I have. I kind of got on a, a rabbit trail there. I'm sorry. <laughs> right on. That's cool to hear. I, as far as the uh, smart home for seniors, man, I totally support that. I know that personally, I was, my grandma died uh, last year. Uh, she was basically my mother. And there, there was many times where we were trying to figure out ways to, you know, give her her freedom while also, you know, trying to get her more safe than she was. And there was never a time where I was like, Hey, what about smart cameras or anything of that nature? Mm-hmm. We just kind of went old fashioned with it. And eventually like a sick dog, she just, stopped answering our calls and we came over here one day and found her and um and and now we live here but um you know that could have been if not avoided entirely at least you know worked on you know uh, fixed and uh, remedied or whatever we just didn't have anything like that and to you know to know that you're you're about to uh, put something like that out there for other people uh, yeah, like I said, I, I can't help but support that because anybody that can avoid being in the situation that I was in, you know, like I'm I'm all for that. And, you know, it's it's not even about like uh like privacy, you know, in in terms of, of your your parents or your grandparents. Like you, you know, it's just they need you need to know they're safe and they need someone watching out for them. And especially when they don't want someone watching out for them. And well, it's, 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 been it's great for my grandma. It's about safety. Like my mom, when she passed, I'd give her a few years ago, I'd give her an Apple watch because of the fall detection. And I can't tell you how many times that she would fall and that would go off and she would be able to, where I lived, uh, you know, approximately about an hour or so away from her, you know, she could call her pastor, you know, it, she had to set up where when she would fall, you know, it would tell, you know, Hey, we, we saw that you fall. Can we call somebody? And she'd say, call pastor. And then he, she'd call her pastor and his wife would come help her get up, you know, and uh, I mean, that's that would have been a lot of because if she hadn't had that, you know, she might have died years ago. You know, unfortunately, the older she got, though, she would take it off because she didn't want anybody to know when she fell, you know, and, and you know, just but if, if I would have had her home set up like I would, would like to have now, then I could have saw what was really happening. And maybe some of this, you know, maybe she would have passed at the same time. I don't know. But at least I would have had a little bit better peace of mind of knowing what what I, I did, everything that I could have done. So. yeah we get crazy when we get old man like my grandma <laughs> would be just she'd feel awful you know like her blood sugar would be through the roof or, or bottomed out and she'd be like i can't go to the doctor i look i look terrible i'm like yeah. who the fuck cares what you look like you could <laughs> die right now like you have to go to the doctor like mm-hmm. i need to call 911 and it's just it, i'm just like why would you even think about that like it like what age am I going to reach where I'm just like, oh, no, I'm I'm too sick to go to the doctor today. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me yet. And I hope it never does. Yep. But, yeah, that's um, 
that's really cool. I'm, you know, it, it's, it's cool that you're able to find a topic that interested you so much that you were able to put out multiple books about that. I've uh, always been interested in writing nothing, nothing technical like you're doing. I'm an English major. So I'm uh, more of the uh, fiction side of things. Never interested really in publishing, just like to write uh, for fun. So I'm always down to talk to other authors. And uh, typically I would have picked your brain a little bit more about the writing side of things. But as I've said time and time again, my the, the listeners I have for you know whatever demographic they're coming from, they like the you know their episodes to be about an hour long. And if they go any further than that, it's hit or miss when it comes to, you know, listens and views and what have you. So I try to hit the highlights and I try to keep it to about an hour, but maybe sometime down the road, you can come back in and we'll, you know, focus more on your books and, you know, the writing uh, process and that sort of thing. Uh, like well, I, said, I mean, for, really, um, for, for you, Amazon makes it so easy. I mean, most like I'm, with my books, they're just Kindle books. So if you got Kindle Unlimited, it's free. You know, you don't cost you anything to read it. Um, but you know, they make it super easy. I mean, a good topic for you is that you can interview all these air military guys, just do some cool military stories. I mean, you could, you could write all that stuff out real easy and it's super easy. Amazon makes it easy. I, I, the last guy I talked to said that it was, you know, he self-published too. And he said that it was through Amazon and it was, you know, cake basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was encouraging to, um, to hear that and to know that these days I don't have to go out there and get, you know, uh, an agent and, and all these different things to try and get my stuff all, uh, published because I am, uh, you know, granted I'm here looking at you and we're doing the podcast together, but I'm actually very antisocial and I <laughs> really don't like talking to people that much. So the idea, you know, that I would have to like intentionally talk to more and more people to, to get what I need that kind of killed any drive to be a published writer. But yeah, self-publishing these days, I mean, even if it didn't sell, like, like you said, with your app, like it's out there. I wrote a book. It's published. Yeah. I mean, so, I, hadn't, I hadn't sold many copies, but you know, I mean, I mean, it's been more than I thought it would be. I put it that way, but uh, it's just, it's just kind of neat. Cause I can go, Hey, by the way, I pop up my phone. I wrote a book, you know, and I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's you're a mental writer. health. It's, it's a mental health thing for me. <laughs> hey, that's cool, man. Like we, and we all need something like that. I, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm kind of down some days to just my son being my mental health pickup, like, you know, be it his, uh, he's, he's got this thing he does now where he pretends there's a snake in the house and we spend <laughs> like an untold time looking for this snake to the point where eventually I'm just like, I don't know, buddy, I don't actually see the snake. So I don't know where it is. I'm <laughs> like, can we just stop looking? I think only you see the snake. And that usually buys me like 30 minutes or so. He's like two and a half and I'm a stay at home dad. Oh. So. He's entering that age where, you know, not only does he want to play all the time, but now, like all of a sudden, like literally all of a sudden, like since December, he wants me to join in. And awesome. that, it was never a thing before. Like it was never like, come play with me, daddy. But now it's like, daddy, play with me. So that's, you know, it's, it's cool to see things change like that. And like I, you know, like I mentioned before, I didn't have my dad there to do that sort of thing for me. So I make damn sure that I'm there, you know, looking for that snake with him. Enjoy every minute, brother. Enjoy every minute. Yeah. And that's another thing. I'm I'm really lucky that I can step back in the, in the moment and be like, man, this is awesome. Like Mm -hmm. my, you know, my cute little boy is like giggling and laughing and I'm sitting here like enjoying it with him. Like there's nothing better. 
And uh, I'm, I don't know, I, I try to practice gratitude. Maybe that's kind of flipped a couple of switches that are, it's helped me and, you know, and other things, but if, if you're able to enjoy it while it's happening, there's no better thing than playing with your kids because that's just, that's so awesome. So it brings so much joy. Well, so, you don't know later, later on down the line, I'll hit you with this real quick. Uh, you know, my son's 19. One of the things that, you know, I was going through one of my self doubt moments about fatherhood and everything else. And then one thing he told me, he said, he said, dad, he said, the one thing I'll tell you is I knew every single game you'd be in my game. You might not show up to the seventh inning because that's as quick as you could get there. But, I knew everything I did would be there for me. And, you know, and for him to realize that, you know, you think uh, he's, he's five playing a soccer game. He's not going to remember that, but he did. So enjoy every time you look for that snake. If you have to go to Walmart, buy a little rubber snake, hide it for him, really freak him out. You know, I mean, go have I didn't some think fun, about man. that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I should do oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, is this it? You know, <laughs> he would then, it might be, then you might be done with the snake. Period. Yeah. Because okay, originally, like, he went on this phase where he was like all about ghosts. And he's like, oh, there's ghosts everywhere, daddy. And I didn't want that to start. Yeah. So I was like, no, nah, dude, there's no ghosts. Ghosts aren't real. We don't have ghosts here. And then, like, he did it one day and he's like, oh, ghost over there, daddy. I was like, Jack, how many times have I told you there's no ghost? And he's like, oh, yeah, snake, daddy. There's a snake over there. So, yeah, obviously, yeah, like, I could not, like, avoid jumping in at that point because i was like oh anything is better than a ghost because i can't do anything about ghosts right but snakes you know i can pretend to kill or, or buy a fake one and throw it out in the yard oh whatever the awesome. case may be that i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna have to do that that was a good idea thank you um so as as some uh listeners you're gonna have to be a long time listener because i don't do it every time but as some listeners will know i do like to try to end things on a on a high note uh just uh regardless of how dark things may have gotten during the course of the conversation. And I do that with a bit of a joke, a bit of a ha ha. I've got a co-host that will, he, he sticks more toward the G rated dad jokes and they're, you know, they're awesome because there's nothing like a dad joke, but, but my dad jokes tend to be a little bit more adult and I'm not out here, you know, throwing out uh, multiple F bombs, but they are not necessarily for kids like his are. So with that being said, I've found a good joke here. And it uh, it's real short, but it starts off. Son turns to his dad and says, dad, did you get the results of the DNA test back? His dad turns to him and says, call me George. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. That one, uh, that one uh, gave me a, a bit of a tickle. Yeah, that's, pre- that's pretty good. I, uh, I did. I would looked at that like right before you came on. I think I was taking a, a screenshot of it just in case it like something happened and my phone messed up. So I'd still have it. So I'm glad you enjoyed that. I'm glad I left you with a little bit of a laugh. And with that, I do want to thank you for coming on. You've been awesome. You've been really easy to talk to. Like I said, I'm super introverted. So I always expect the guest to be like, I don't know, mean or something. <laughs> I, I really don't know what I expect because uh, it, it never happens. And, and you've continued the trend. You've you've been uh, super fun. You've made me, uh, like I said, a little bit wiser, giving me more to think about, more to uh, more to do because I need to make a trip to Walmart tomorrow. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, William, once again, thank you so much. I'm glad that you could find the time and I hope you have uh, an awesome uh, rest of your week. Awesome weekend. I hope that podcast starts up quick and, and shoots to success. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Hey, no problem. Uh, from all of us at your two dads, uh, this is Corey and I'll check you later. I want you to know it's over.
goodbye. You smell that, Bill? Smells like someone died. <laughs>